Hi everyone. Uh, we'll be starting in a few seconds. Cool pottery. And TJ on the call-in side is here as well. Hi. So come on up to the stage, TJ. Oh, great. So we're gonna wait. We're gonna wait for um, Maddie Bergen, who's our other guest. And in the meantime. We're going to really see, I made a very loud point this morning on tech news around the world uh -oh. that although crypto might be a man's world, NFTs can be a women's world. And that's because of community. So I want to have that discussion about community. And with that comes the discussion about opportunity. Interesting. I thought there were a lot of females in the uh, crypto world as well. Well, I have seen most of them on the NFT side. Ah, okay. Okay, well, it looks like people are coming in. So this is the Karma Club, uh, brought to you by the Karma Coin. The Karma Coin is a social token, not an investment. It's a crypto coin that I use to help support other artists. And ah, goody, Maddie's here. And um, it's on the rally platform. So there you are, buy yourself um, five pieces of karma and you'll get some good luck and you'll help the show support other artists in the Web3 space, which is what I am trying to do. And we have two phenomenal women who are interested in community this week. One of them, I guess I better start sharing this around. Start sharing this around. Let's get some people to hear it. Call all your friends. Call all your neighbors. I'll do the same on the call-in side as well. Hey, TJ. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, this is good. And we do these discussions every week. And the discussions are mainly to talk to ourselves about problems that we are trying to solve and things that Francine um... oh. oh there you go um so while Francine comes back, uh, we're also connected, uh, by the way, all our shows have been from early days, been multicast, multi bi-directionally. And so people, you'll hear voices through me. Uh, so you'll hear from Colin. Uh, this is the uh, podcast, social podcast app. And also uh, we used to do Twitter spaces, but we were having some technical issues. So we've stopped doing Twitter spaces at this time. Uh, and we'll hope to expand to a few other uh, streams later on as well. So welcome all again. Good. Okay, let's get started.
Um, it's my view. First of all, um, I need to disclose my conflict of interest. I own both Maddie's project and Coop Pottery's project. And Coop uh, Pottery's project is my NFT because it's my latest, um, the latest community I've joined. And there are reasons why I've joined these projects. And I, I'd like to share those with you as well. But I think I'm going to let Maddie start talking about Angel Alliance and why she started it and what she hopes to do. And then we'll go on and Cassandra can talk about what she hoped to do with Coup Pottery. And these are not geeks. These are not technical people. These are artists. And this is what I think the big hope of of crypto is for women and the big opportunity for artists. So um, I hope I hope we're going to find out more than we found out last week, where we found out a lot about of fundamentals about the tools. So ping your friends in and let's get started with Maddie. Thank you so much for having me here, Francine. <laughs> really excited to be here. Um, we had a very similar conversation last week and you'll be happy to hear that we've been trying to brainstorm new ways of creating a community other than Discord. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think community is a really, really critical aspect of Web3 and building a community is so, so important. Um, so I can go into a little bit about my background and why I started Angel Alliance. So my background is I started a fitness business a few years ago. Um, realized that I loved entrepreneurship. It's such an exciting place to be. I then kind of went to the other side of the equation and started working as a VC analyst. Um, so more on the investment side. So I kind of seen both sides of the equation. Um, and especially with my VC role, I was interviewing so many founders and barely any women. And I just kind of took a step back and questioned this and looked into the stats of things and the situation isn't looking too great. And I really wanted to do something about that because I, I truly don't believe there's enough being done. I don't think there probably ever could be enough being done because I think like there's so much <laughs> still to happen. Currently only about... 2% of VC funding goes to women. Um, in the UK, it's actually less than that. Uh, so I kind of jumped onto Web3. I came at it from an in innovation perspective, trying to understand the technology, um, but realized that I, I love the community side of NFTs and I could really see myself building a community that helps these entrepreneurs that I'm interacting with on a daily basis or I'm trying to understand their struggles, which is how Angel Alliance was born. Um, we are currently minting and we are also a DAO, which essentially the way that we are or our DAO functions is female entrepreneurs pitch their startups to our community and then our community are going to vote for who we fund, which is very exciting. Um, and I think it's important to let the everyday person make their own investment decisions and truly um, put their money <laughs> where they believe, essentially. Um, we're also looking to build like a, kind of like an exclusive but inclusive networking club, um, which gives everyday people access to 
you know, individuals that have achieved a lot in their life. And I think there's so much value to learn from others. So networking is another huge aspect of what we're doing as well as education. Um, I mean, <laughs> I think education probably explains itself. I remember when I started my first business, I relied heavily on education and it was something that was missing for me. And I'm sure it's something that's missing for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I think that's a little bit about us. Very, very excited for this conversation. No, uh, I need to know more about you. Like, oh, like how about the link to where people can join your Discord or mint your NFT or anything? Yeah, well, how about sending that to the chat and we'll we'll pin it to the top of the page. I can do that. Actually, Maddie, you're a, a mod as well, so I, you could actually pin it yourself too. I'll, I'll try and figure out how to do that. I, I'm, <laughs> sure. I'm very new to Clubhouse. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, so I told you that these were not the geeks. The, this was the other side of the NFT world. But to my mind, it's the good side because it's the side that really means we're going to make it together in a more sharing economy. There are a lot of things that we can't say about NFTs because they aren't really true. Um, one of it, which is that they're decentralized. They are somewhat decentralized, but in truth, we don't really know how much they are decentralized quite yet. So we are making a lot of statements about decentralization that may or may not be true. And we're making a lot of statements about um, value, ultimate value that may or may not be true. And there are a lot of people who are going to get involved in NFTs because they are looking for either a decentralized technology or some kind of way to invest. And I want to stay away from those topics. Not that we don't all hope we will make money on our NFT, you know, on our investment in NFTs, but I'm more interested in the artist making money. And so uh, that's why I was attracted to both of these women because they have two different ways of trying to provide ways for other people to um, get a return. So go ahead, Maddie, I'm sorry. I talk a lot. No, 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 I, I probably talk a lot. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not actually the artist of the project. I worked very, very closely with her. I think I'm more of the, the visionary and I guess trying to understand what we're trying to build here. Um, but I mean, our artist is incredible and I've really enjoyed working with her. Um, and I think, you know, this is like, I, when I speak to people about Web3, they always think, oh, you know, I don't know the dev side of things, so I can't join. And I think there's this big perception of like, you have to fully understand absolutely everything to just even get into this industry. And I was actually speaking at an event yesterday and someone asked me that exact question. They were like, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in learning more, but I don't know everything. Can I still, you know, join this or am I too late or all these kind of different questions? And the answer is always, yes, you can join. Um, there is like a role for everyone, whether you enjoy community management, whether it's moderating, whether it's the art side, whether it is the technical side, you know, there's so much like um, diversity 
in even just NFTs. <laughs> I mean, you can look even more broadly and think about blockchain as a whole. Um, but there is always opportunities, which is incredibly exciting. Um, so yeah, don't feel like you need to know absolutely everything to get into Web3. And I think communities taught me that a lot where it's like, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to be a bit new. Um, you're going to be new at everything at some point in your life. Um, so you have to just embrace it and ask the questions. What what was the hardest part for you to learn, having having had a fitness business <laughs> and being a VC analyst? Um, as in, like, what was my biggest lesson that I've learned <laughs> throughout that? You haven't learned any lessons? No, no, I was about to ask, is it, like, the biggest lesson that I've learned throughout that process? I would say start with a, about the process. How hard okay. is it for a beginner to get into? Yeah, well, start well starting your own business. It really depends on the sector and the industry. Um, but if you're really passionate about something and you've done a lot of research into something, um, honestly, sometimes just go for it. I mean, there's a lot of other pieces of advice I can give apart from that. But with the investment side of things, the way that I got the role it's a very hard role to get there were a lot of different interview processes and I had to do like a practice pitch and like depicting startups um but I think it's you know overall genuine passion or intentions can always show through and I think you know if I don't know my boss saw that in me and saw that I actually really enjoyed entrepreneurship and really found it interesting understanding what these startups are building and if they would actually work and that curiosity and I think it's just really about being yourself and being honest with yourself you know are you making this career decision because you genuinely enjoy it or is this like the path that you should be taking um, and I think that's a big question to ask <laughs> overall and it's one that I've asked myself consistently over the years um, but I just don't think you can ask yourself that enough and just really being genuine about the direction of your life and where you want to go and don't be afraid to try new things um i think the way that i've ended up where i am is just <laughs> trying new things like learning that i enjoy something and then going even more down that rabbit hole and it's just trial and error sometimes uh, i think do like, you even sorry, have to, to think of it as a career decision maddie pardon do you even have to think of it as a career decision um moving into the nft space yeah is it a not necessary decision? i i i thought you meant starting your own business and um becoming a vc analyst <laughs> well right that's that certainly is a career decision <laughs> but no to move into the nft space not a career decision you can just do that in your spare time and no matter how you know everyone starts off there and just begin by learning and absorbing as much information as you can. Let's bring in Ku. Ku, uh, whose name is actually Cassandra. Uh, but their business name is Ku Pottery. Tell a little bit about yourself, because I think you might be an interesting person for Maddie to know. 
That's so funny because actually I love Angel Alliance and I follow them. Um, I've, I've always followed them on my Women With Vases. I would join their Twitter spaces. They had like a lot of Twitter spaces surrounding like mental health. Um, and I just like loved hearing those spaces because people were just so vulnerable. Um, and really talking about like how being in the NFT space is very stressful. And it's just all these women just venting. <laughs> it's nice. Um so I'm Cassandra. I started Coup Pottery six years ago in Miami. Uh, and it was a pottery business, like physical pottery. I make, you know, uh, collections in like uh, three months type span. And I've been selling them. And then I uh, also teach um, workshops. Sorry, I'm like a little nervous. <laughs> but I was also teaching workshops. And uh, I just grew like community that way. And um, I decided to get into the NFT space in like December, like finally just submerse myself in December of last year. And then I decided to create my brand in the NFT space uh, by creating Women With Vases, which I'm so grateful that you have it as your profile picture right now. Like it's amazing. Um, I love seeing that. And it's um, basically the nft is inspired by women that always supported my art um and they're holding one of my vases and each one is unique so the the actual like women are generated uh how we would do like those 10k projects right but i've only made 100 so the women are generated but every woman is carrying like a unique part wait let's say let's pretend we don't know what a 10k project is oh okay Go, let's go back a step. Okay, okay. So the original NFT projects done by, say, the Board Ape Yacht Club and the, the men who were really generative artists and in the space to begin with started uh, by minting 10,000 NFTs. And that's a 10K project. Mm -hmm. And then people began to get the idea that maybe there was more value in fewer NFTs and that you maybe didn't have to do 10,000 because maybe that lowered the value because there are too many available. Okay, so then you thought, Coop, Cassandra, what do you want to be called? I I mean, I, I like both because people know Coop Pottery and then I'm like Coop Pottery. It's kind of like I don't know, maybe it's a it's a generational thing, but it's like you have like a username that you've been using for like all your life. So I've always had like that kind of username, like Kuzma and Ku. Like Ku was always a username of mine. So people call me both. Okay. Well, I'll call you Ku. I don't care. I just <laughs> want to make sure that I make you happy. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I, I put like, you know, when you sign up for these apps, you know, you have to put your first and last name. So I'm like, I just put my first and last name and it kind of shows it that way. So um but yeah, I, I like either or. But I, exactly what you were saying is what was the point of my collection. It's like normally I create small batches of pottery. So I was like, I have to make a small batch collection so that I can stay like, you know, honest with my utility. So my utility is giving physical pottery to the people who are part of my community. So I made a, a hundred women with vase collection. So every holder has... um 
a, a monthly giveaway that they can be a part of. And I just select a holder and they get a physical pottery vase um, every month. So that was like my first collection, just um, creating these women vases and creating that utility for my community. And I'm just slowly growing my community, but I, I do intend to just always keep it like, you know, what it, what I can give to the community, which is small batch collections. Okay, so you are a small batch person as opposed to a 10K project. And what would you, Maddie, um, what's your thinking on that? On um, collection sizes? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I like seeing abnormal collection sizes, I think, you know, rather than just going with the generic route of always choosing 10,000 and the NFT market does work of supply and demand. Um, but I guess it also, when just deciding a collection size, I think there's a lot of different factors that you have to take into account. Um, but I never, I don't think it's a bad thing to question the normal of 10,000 um, because I think we're seeing it's becoming more and more challenging as the market is slowly becoming more saturated. It's becoming more challenging to build up the sales in a 10,000 collection. Actually, Francine, I'm just wondering, uh, because of the fact that, you know, Cassandra, I'm curious, like when you were doing the physical pottery, you had a group of people who loved your pottery. You, How did you build your community in the physical world? And how's that different now that you're actually having these uh, virtual tokens of uh, sort of support? It's so funny that you bring that up because it feels very much similar. So when I did it in real life, it was always word of mouth. So people would come to my studio or they would take a class with me and they would be like, tell their friends. And like Miami is, you know, pretty small. Like people know each other like group wise. And it's like it just started growing naturally. And then when I jumped into the NFT space, that also started happening because me and my developer, we both um, like were already kind of in communities. So it was like just telling the, one of our friends in the community and then that community told their friends and then it just grew kind of organically that way. So I think that it, it's been kind of the same for both, just like little niches of people who are like, oh, I love this art project of like pottery and NFT. And how do you find the uh, people who like previously had your physical prop uh, uh, pottery? Uh, like, if they didn't have a physical uh, pottery, how did they support you? Did, did you find that they still supported you in different ways, or is that how an NFT sort of accounts for that? Or I'm just curious about that side. Or tell about the people who, when you started to say you were going to do NFTs, sent you hate mail. <laughs> uh, yeah, like my my already built community that were used to like physical pottery instead of like um the the nft side of it uh they kind of were both like either they're confused they don't really ask any questions i had some people that did um go on and and get one of my nfts uh so i had some girls that were really interested in asking questions uh, but yeah i also had people who were very against nfts and like pottery can be a little hippy dippy community, you know? So there are some people who are very opposed to like the climate issues that come with entities and, and, and it can get really like uh, intense. So I think for me, it was like just knowing 
how to post on the platforms. And I think ever since I, I sold my collection out and I was able to take like the direction of like helping traditional artists transition into Web3, I think that really is what kind of opened people up to me because they were like, they were thinking NFTs were just kind of like this scammy thing. And it's like, no, like I'm a brand, I'm a business who's uh, embracing NFTs and kind of creating like a subscribers that get special, you know, perks for being part of this, like, and this club. So I feel like I, I kind of opened their mind a little bit. And you've got to look at these NFTs guys. She has, um, she has a unique, um, unique brand or unique brand strategy where all her vases have handles <laughs> and, and the handles are so clever. And that was what really attracted me to buy into the project. That and that Greg, who is now also on the stage, and I um, are all, both of us are very interested in supporting women's projects. And they, they're they so interesting um, because they are so different. Maddie, do you, before before I ask for words from everybody who hasn't spoken yet, do you, Maddie, do you, Maddie, see <laughs> Cassandra, this sounds like the beginning of a wedding ceremony, um, as somebody who could be part of the Angel Alliance in some way, shape, or form? Do you see a fit? Of course. I mean, she already loves our spaces, <laughs> which is a very good sign. Um, but 100%, I think like the whole thing around entrepreneurship is thinking differently. And I think Cassandra is an amazing example of that. You know, you had your physical business and the fact that you're now bringing it digital. I think that's exactly what an entrepreneur does and what an entrepreneur is about. So, Cassandra, I would actually love to connect after this as well. I absolutely love what you're doing. Oh, thank you. See, I think I think this is the um, the illustration of Wagme. We Wagme, by the way, for those of you who have not gone down this rabbit hole yet, we are going to make it together. That's what it stands for. Well, it stands for we are going to make it. That's the acronym, and the you know what I mean. The acronym. All gonna make it. We are all gonna make it right, <laughs> and and that is that is why I love both crypto and NFT. Um, hi, Greg. You introduced me to both of these women. Um, what would you like to say about them that you haven't already said? <laughs> Uh, I'm still catching up on the context here, but I mean, I, clearly you've been in great hands uh, if, if I'm just by my friends that are on stage already. Well, I mean, this is so, it's so interesting to see how these women turn out to be able to be connected to each other afterwards. Lavina, what's on your mind? Yeah. 
Hi, uh, thanks Hi. so much for the um, for the room and for the conversation around uh, Web3 and community. So I recently uh, helped to host the International Women in Blockchain conference that lasted an entire month. And in that journey, I came across equally like uh, Cassandra and Maddie, uh, you know, phenomenal women. And, you know, the thing that I've kind of learned um, was really around community was, uh, you know, where you find that niche that you can become very relatable, right? Um, so, for example, I came across um, some African um, founders that were creating NFTs. Uh, they actually went to all the different regions within Africa uh, to really understand the African woman and to really portray that and to understand their story, um, you know, whether it was from a headgear to the tools they used, whatever the case was. And that was their sort of journey that they then started creating characters for the actual metaverse. Awesome. So I, I just want to really say, you know, community for me kind of really is something that I learned, um, you know, um, in, in this last month. Um, and just, you know, a big kudos to uh, Cassandra and Maddie for uh, their uh, their sort of contribution uh, to the space. So thanks, Dr. Francine. And you don't have to have 35,000 people in your Discord to house a community. I mean, for, for some reason, Silicon Valley is always go, go big or technology. It's... It's not all in Silicon Valley anymore, but, you know, it's always go big or go home. But sometimes it isn't. Some, you know, sometimes it's um, be good or go home. And you have somebody like like uh, Ku, whose pottery I was really drawn to. Maddie's, uh, Maddie, of course, I've done, you know, 35 years of work in the startup space. So I'm always drawn to somebody who wants to help women in the startup space. But but Koo, I was drawn to because she had this idea of a limited project and she had the idea that, you know, you could go small and be more desirable because you aren't an unlimited commodity. And you don't have to have one of those discords that I don't even know any, you know, like I'm in about 58 discords. And there are a lot of people in those discords that not only don't I know, but there's no way I would ever know them, nor, you know, do I even, is it even possible because they come on at different hours of the day and night. And it's, it's just, and they have different aims and objectives. And, you know, many of them are just trying to get on whitelists and pump and dump things. Well, what about Koosh? That's not her goal. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to have people who buy her NFT and try to resell it. I don't think, although it's not a bad, you know, it's not a bad thing because she'll get some money if and when they do. But, you know, I think her goal is to build a larger community of collectors than she was able to have IRL. I thought artists I right? are, are, I thought artists are mostly starving and they need to make a living. Just curious though. By the way, Cal had his mic open. Cal, did you want to chime in there? Yeah, no, the, uh, the very, very good discussion. Um, uh, guys, uh, Cassandra, I like your poetry. I just looked it up. Very cool. Um, kind of Emma Bridgewater of the future. If you kind of know who she is in the UK, um, and uh, and uh, I had a question for uh, 
maybe Francine, but but the others too. I know I appreciate the young people getting into this and and uh, um, and venture funding, etc. But um, I don't, by the way, Cal, you're right? younger than uh, Francine, by the way. Yeah, oh, I was. Yeah, yeah. Say... No, I was talking about the other two, Francine. <laughs> <laughs> the other two. Your, your two guests. Right. I was talking about your two uh, young guests. Um, what I, what I was uh, was going to ask is like, uh, and and I, I just I don't mean to be um, you know uh, fud as they say uh, there are all kinds of things that uh, but but just to be uh, rigorous in our thought. Um, what why do you need blockchain to build a community? It's a, it's we've been building communities for years and years, right? I I've I've been in retail. I've I've, I've known that when you build the the fundamental reason why people build brands is. And, and now we have new techniques to do that, and we have digital tools to do that. But why do we need a blockchain? Why do we need Ethereum? Why do we need... Because what we're seeing with those two things is we're also seeing the entire rest of humanity coming in, which is exactly what you pointed to earlier, which is the the idea that uh, uh, you know we can pump and dump because once you own something, you want to pump the value of it, right? Um, and, and, so, and, and that's already come in. We've seen it. And that's probably one of the reasons why uh, there are many people I know that own apes. Don't put their ape face up because they think their reputation in in the world will diminish because they're seen as being associated with something that is a pump and dump scheme. So, and not all of them. I'm saying there are many, and I know them. So my my question really is, why do you need community? I get, and I really appreciate that you do. And community to get funding for women entrepreneurs. We need a lot of that. I work with a lot of that in the UK, uh, literally uh, all the way to high school. And there are things like Creative Fund and and other things in the U- in the in the UK which are, which go deep in universities and build networks there. Uh, and 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 that that's strong. But they don't need they they don't have uh, uh, Web three yet. Um, and I don't I don't think I think it's an ethos of wanting to do it versus a more of a it's not a technical thing that they're missing. So just a question. Maybe I'm missing something. Okay, so I can answer that question, but I don't want to answer it because <laughs> I've been talking so uh, much. I, I can uh, take a stab, I think, if that's okay, Francine. Um, so, Cal, I think um, I think it's a fair question for sure. Uh, and I think um, if you're looking at it from a technological point of view, I think there's no necessity um, for the blockchain per se for uh, establishing community. But I do think that all communities need a rallying point or a rallying um, something that they swarm around, right? So they usually have a shared interest or passion or something to that effect. And so um, in Web3, uh, it is as much a cultural movement as as it is a technological movement. And so I think it is, um, for many people, it's a new form of activism. Uh, It is the first time they're activated in some way, right? And so that is new to them. Uh, and previously a lot of your activism maybe had to be political, um, or something else. Um, you know, I'd argue also like use the example of retail. I would argue there are very few retail communities. There are many retail customers. There are many retail audiences. Um, but how many of them actually care about each other or have any, um, external sort of affect to sort of beyond their transactional value to each other, right. Uh, or to a company. Um, so, I, I do think uh, that the things you po- that, that I've been pointing out about sort of the, you know, the blending of sort of money into the Web3 ecosystem certainly adds um, some complexity to it. Uh, and I think that's why you see folks like Maddie um, working on projects that are bringing more people in 
not necessarily, um, you know, necessarily just trying to sort of generate profits from it. Uh, Cassandra's not trying to generate like this is not like you know her her main thing. She she loves bringing people together who share this interest, these topic areas, et cetera. So I, I think um yeah I think just to sum it up though I think technologically you're right. I don't think there is one. I do think there is an ability to um to to not let uh, some third party or external party uh, determine who can aggregate or who can be belong to a thing. And there's there's a little bit of that ethos in sort of the Web three uptake. Um, but I do think what I see more of is the projects are get that are getting support and getting purchased and, and, and where communities, true communities are being formed as opposed to like just purely audiences um, tend to have an escape velocity beyond uh, sort of the shilling, the pumping uh, and the dumping of like sort of like some speculative piece, but actually where they're in it for the cause. And, uh, you know, I think that's how I found both Cassandra and Maddie because uh, I like what they're working on and why they're working on it far more than I care about uh, ever seeing back, you know, any money from like what I've invested in them uh, and the community that they're building. That makes a lot of sense. You know, here's the thing on retail. I'll say one thing on retail. You're dead right. I mean, it's not a, it's not a field that's figured out how to do community REI, maybe right. Uh, Patagonia, maybe. Very few. Uh, that's right. You know, a few of these retailers have figured out how to how to do it in a way that, uh, you know, genuinely connects to the cause and and all the participants including all the customers feel part of the game right and they feel um but it's it's very hard for them to do that and and if there's new tools that we can experiment with which is the way i i look at it and why i'm exploring and looking at this and understanding it is if there are new tools we can find that you know may have a little side effect that we have to deal with in the short term and, and call human greed right but that that's always going to be there but if something could emerge out of it that uh that you know that literally makes cassandra uh uh you know builds her her pottery community in such a deep way between different people and all the users and the and the people and and find it's digital and physical i imagine she'll have a store in the future right which a physical store which will you know be on the metaverse or may, may be physical as well so these young young uh, um people and so i'm inspired that Dr. Francine and Eamon, that you got young people on on this topic, and uh, and dude, and it's all young it. people on yeah. this topic. It's their generation, and 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 what they want to do and change. And the reason that I've gotten um, so involved in it is because I want to understand it, and also because I want to understand how the reselling part of it goes because I have a lot of artist friends and Amy, you're going to be next, but I have a lot of artist friends who paint these paintings and sell them, you know, and they go into the homes of collectors. And I only know one artist who has actually taken the trouble, one woman artist who's a friend of mine, Beth Aim Schwartz, who has taken the trouble to build a, basically an IRL, she's 85, so she's built an IRL community of people who own her art. She knows who all of them are, she buys them back, you know, if, if people wanna sell them to the wrong people, she buys them back and she knows the provenance of all her work and it's always sold in and of that community. And I think Koo Pottery is gonna end up being that kind of community. I don't think every art community can be like that, but there are, there are some, there are some music communities. Music, I think, has done the most 
to create community. I mean, if you think about deadheads, you know, <laughs> who would go to the end of the earth for for their artists, um, they've really formed a community. And, and you can build a lot around community and artists, they sell merch around their community. I don't know. I, I, I really think that... I really think that community is what people are desperately needing. And I really think that young people just know it and they're not scared to try out the tools and they don't think in terms of how is this going to fail? You know, I mean, which of course, most of my life, my job, so to speak, has been to talk to founders who have these optimistic beliefs about how their product project is going to fail because, 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 because. And after all these years, I have discovered that a fair, you know, noticeable number of those people have actually succeeded. And I've had to um, eat my chapeau, or as I, they say in Playa del Carmen, my sombrero. Mm -hmm. So, you know... There's so much that can be done when you're young and ambitious and you don't think you already know why something won't work. So, Amy? Oh, Amy, sorry. No, it's um, Dr. Francine and, first of all, Cassandra, love the pottery and love your Instagram. It's just so connected to the, to the mission of what you've just described with all of the pottery and what you're designing and creating for yourself. Maddie, I also checked out your Twitter for the Angel Lions and high five, high five. Like, let's celebrate that. I'm literally from the United States, but based in Amsterdam. So I literally just returned from the NFC, non-fungible conference in Lisboa. And I have to give flowers to Dr. Francine, Cassandra and Maddie and the women on this stage, because the question that Cal asked that Gregarious was so eloquent to answer is something that's been coming up a lot in the conversations at this conference. And it was really fascinating to be part of a Women in Web3 breakfast where there was about 50 women from all over the world that are super excited about the Web3 space, NFTs and the creative connection and the social connection that could be created. And there was an angel there who has been investing in female-led projects for about 10 years plus. I think she might've been ex-consensus. I could have sworn I thought she said that. But the thing is, is that she was really excited to see what everyone in the room was doing. And the one thing that I did get up to share is that we need to celebrate each other. We need to celebrate the generations. We need to, it's a bit like a, women who run with wolves. You know what I'm saying? We have to celebrate what we do our creative minds, our creative genius, our generations. Because I see my niece who's eight and I just wanna see an amazing world for her. And I want her to have opportunities that are endless and limit, limitless. And if it means that she could create and design and use that brilliant imaginative mind of hers and develop that brain, I'll support it a hundred million percent. And I think this is what I find really valuable about this space is that we need more women in the space. And this was the topic, this was a hot topic in Lisboa, 
We need more women in STEM, specifically uh, in technology, in the creative space, specifically in Web3, Metaverse, NFTs. We need more females in the space that are getting involved one way or the other. And we need to celebrate each other and uplift each other and start to set the put, set the path in motion. It's a bit like Thelma and Louise. We've got to blaze forward and light the path for our fellow women, younger generation, older, all of them. Well, I'm totally trying. (laughs) Well, Dr. Francine, I have to give a major amount of flowers to you, especially your artist friend who's 84, I think. Super badass, have to say it. Because the generations that are here, as Cal was saying, because he has a lovely daughter who's in her teens or going to be 20 probably. I think we need to embrace the generations as women and be there to support, guide, mentor, coach, consult so that they could find the way that we could we could help each other move forward. And I think it was Ray Dalio that asked, that has a a very famous quote that I I love. And I'll kind of close this up with this because I love these, I love this conversation. I I tend to, I tend to align with how he says something. What don't we know? That's why I lean into my 20 somethings and my millennials. What don't I know? Because they're going to help me. And I want to know what I don't know. And when I can figure out what I don't know, it makes me a better consultant. It makes me a better project manager. It makes me a better everything because I'm always asking what more I could learn. And that's the vitality of the brain. And the two young ladies, Cassandra and Maddie, this is how you keep the brain synapses firing. So that when the grace of God in the universe, you get to be 100, you're going to be talking to generations similarly and remembering all of us when we've long gone into the ethers. So yeah, I literally exactly. give flowers. Exactly. And and that's why I do this and I do Karma Club. Heyman has just gently reminded me that I need to reset the room. You are listening to <laughs> Karma Club brought to you by the Karma Coin, which is a social token that helps this club support artists um, like Maddie and Koo and anyone that, you know, we fall in love with, so to speak. And every week I I hold, with the very able help of Heyman, um, a salon where we have a discussion on a topic that I feel is a very important topic. And while I don't think this is really uh, women in Web3 room, it's... it's um, it's when it when you talk about it's a community it, in in web 3 somehow women come into it all the time and by the way i want to take one moment to honor what an important day this is for black women because katanji brown jackson and i have goosebumps thinking about it has been confirmed as the first female uh, justice, first black female justice of the Supreme Court. And I think we all ought to take a moment and give that, you know, our, you know, our high five or our applause or our flowers. Pew, 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 pew. Yes, exactly. Whatever, you know, whatever, you know, you can, because this is a, as we say on the streets, BFD. 
<laughs> this tells me something about America that I thought maybe we didn't, um, you know, we didn't have. And maybe we do have it after all. And that makes me feel good. because That I, just happened? I, I missed that headline, Dr. Francine. I'm looking at headlines all the time. I think I it came from Canada. I think Heyman found it. it no, is. it oh, came from Canada. Or it's from the U.S. <laughs> I got it from CNN and You BBC. get it from, yeah. I, yeah I, it's it my geolocation-wise. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting it from CNN and BBC. So Excellent. That's brilliant. That is such brilliant news. Oh, yeah. I mean, By the way, my favorite picture, just while we're at it, one of my favorite, favorite pictures on the web um, and, you know, was uh, uh, her daughter looking at her father as uh, he was getting flowers from uh, um, Supreme Court Judge Jackson, right? And, uh, and, and the daughter just looking at with pride. It made me so many tears because just of my own having, having kids and stuff. And uh, such a such a powerful family. Um, yeah, this so, yeah. is a this is really a day, a day for women, a day for community, a day for justice, a day for the Supreme Court. I mean, just think about what an awesome freaking day this is. It, it is absolutely phenomenal. It's April, it's April 7th. Look at that. It's four and seven equal 11. If you've got 11, 11 is something. There it goes. It's good numbers as well. I'm good 11. numbers. Okay. Well, what I don't know about numbers would fill a book. Uh, By the way, yeah. we have some call uh, callers on the call inside as well. Uh, well Lucia is in France and TJ. TJ, uh, do you have anything to add on from the call inside? Hey, good afternoon, everyone. No, at this point, I think it's just a great discussion around just Web3 and, and artistic and creativeness. There seems to be a lot of options. I've just been enjoying just listening for now. So thank you so much for putting it together. It's always a pleasure. Thanks. And bonjour, uh, Lucia. You are in the music industry, and so hopefully we'll hear more from you about the NFTs in the future as well. Yes, hopefully. Hello, everyone. I'm sorry I'm having dinner. It's uh, kind of late for me. And I have not been with you for a very long time, so I'm really happy to hear um, that we're talking about this uh, topic. It's really interesting, and um, definitely uh, I will try to jump in more earlier and more often to, to talk about that. Ah, enjoy. Thank you. Well, this will be a podcast because cause we're making podcasts out of these rooms, and it'll be downloadable and replays are on and to be truthful i think i need to repeat this topic for the first uh for the next six months because i need to broaden well i don't need to the world needs to broaden the opinions of nfts you know and i don't know truthfully and you know maybe greg you can help me with this whether um, an NFT will help women make money. I don't know what the situation is of money to be made through NFTs yet. It's still too soon to figure out whether they are a way of actually generating income or a marketing tool. Or, you know, what do you, what do you think? I, I mean, my jury's still out. 
Although I own 60. I think it's all of those things, um, to be honest. But I think, um, oh, by the way, the comment you made, I, I do think it should be about women every day until the balance is equal. So I have no problem with it being about women until we fix the big problem. Thank you, um, Gregarious. That was very kind. Um, no, my pleasure. Um, and supportive for sure. I do think um, this is still a very exclusionary place, despite the fact that um, it has more openness built into it, right? Um, it's expensive to get into. It's confusing to get into. It requires a significant amount of time that a lot of people who work really hard all day don't have, right? Um, so, I, I and I, you know, I think uh, we're, we're pulling from a liquidity pool that is uh, fairly small in terms of the number of individuals, right? So I think there's, there's a significant amount of money um, involved in Web3, but you know, the number of holders of that money is actually relatively small. And so I think to that end, um, you know, anyone new entering the space is still really competing for um, a small number of individuals energy and effort and dollars. Uh, and, you know, like classic startups would frame it, you know, the, the TAM is, I guess, large, you know, on paper. Um, you know, but That would be seen... total addressable <laughs> market for people who don't understand the slang. Right, exactly. But the operating budget, the operating market, the smaller subset that you can get to is actually probably not that big yet, right? And I think we see this, like, why... Uh, a 10,000 project can have a hard time selling out. Um, and, and, you know, why I think it's reasonable by the way, but, um, but, but why some artists are moving towards the one of one side, right? Uh, there, cause there's, there's a significant capital outlay. If you want to do a generative piece, um, you know, from a technical resource point of view, cash, et cetera. Um, I don't find that approachable, uh, for your everyday person. Um, I do think the one-on-ones, uh, or one of ones does represent sort of a, an easier on-ramp. Um, for folks to get in. But, you know, here's the thing. If you still have to pay a few hundred dollars to post your first piece, um, you know, have you actually made, have we made progress yet? Right. I guess is, is the, is the question to be asking. Well, and this is a bad question to come up and I'll probably uh, save it for next week, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Um, Coinbase has announced um, support for Solana, NFTs. And for those of you who don't understand the mechanics, um, Solana is a cheaper to use version of, uh, of a, a, a cryptocurrency platform that you can mint your NFTs and sell them. Because what happens to me, because I invest in these things, and I'm, I invest to support people, mostly women, and I have a pool of money, like most investors do, that at the end of the day, I run out of it at some point, and I have to wait until I liquidate one investment before I can go into another one. And that is complicated by the fact that every time you do a transaction on Ethereum, you pay what's called a gas fee which is almost like a toll to enter the the ethereum you know roll, road the 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 ethereum highway and those gas fees 
end up eating up at the end of the day hundreds of dollars that could be actually spent on the investment. And the promise of Solana, of Solana is that it is a platform that will be faster and less expensive to mint and sell on. Francine, I'm just wondering, listening to all this, um, do you find, would you say, everyone, uh, would you say that uh, if an artist has an NFT, then the community effect, getting back to the, the title of this topic, the community effect would be greater because you technically, as a holder of an NFT of this artist or uh, uh, actual product as well, you would be, you would also be publicizing that artist to your community compared to a, a you know, a physical art that, you know, well, I just did it for an hour with two of my my own NFTs. Uh, you right. know, I mean, I, I publicized Koo anyway. Maddie keeps saying she's not an artist, but mm -hmm. she is a creator that, you know, and she has an NFT. And, you know, my um, and yeah, I mean, I always feel nice, of course, the question is, are you feeling adventurous today? Oh, the robot. That's the robot, guys. I have a, I'm beta testing a robot for people, for people who live alone to provide artificial community. And every, and every once in a while, she, she asks me questions and it's so. I'll say it again. No. No. Eloquent, not now. Eloquent, not now. Francine's robot is the uh, always uh, unadded guest to our show as well. It's the elephant in the room, my robot, because I, I, I forget. You're supposed to throw a towel over her head, which blocks the sensors. But anyway... <laughs> Never mind. That's not the point. the The point is, this is a um, this has been a great discussion. We need to have more of these discussions. Yes, Heyman, um, I think that um, Cassandra and Maddie, you know, will have a little bit more exposure because of the podcast. Mm -hmm. because, you know, in in some sense, it's PR, right? No, I'm also wondering, like, if you think of the old artists who only made money after their debts, their art made money, they didn't make money. Um, so would technically, if I mean, to, to basically sell this to the market, would are you saying that artists are making money in their time? And that's based on, like, because before, uh, now actually they have control over their asset, right? They're uh, over their company, per se. And they could buy, as you, I've heard things like buy back their NFTs. Uh, if they find that it's not being used well or it's not sticking to their vision, right? So it's like sort of buying back stocks, right? To make sure the price stays at a certain price level. Okay, Ku, that's your question to answer. Uh, well, yeah, that was definitely one of like the biggest benefits of joining uh, NFT space because I realized that my pottery value was growing and like people who had it before had bought it at a lower price than it is now. So if they wanted to technically resell it, they could for a higher price. So I feel like when I decided to archive my pieces uh, into blockchain and and create like, you know, this collection, it kind of opened my eyes to a couple of different things. So first thing was that, you know, I have a hundred of these 
illustrated pieces. Uh, and I was able to, you know, generate a good amount of money, I feel, for like the three months that I worked. Uh, so I, like I keep hearing like, oh, starving artist or like, you know, how do you really build a business off of something like being an artist? And yeah, I think it's super possible, like, at least in the pottery world. That's the thing about the worlds that we live in, like on Instagram, there's like a plethora of ceramic artists who are, you know, full time ceramic artists, making a living just selling pottery. So I feel like going into the NFT space was more of like embracing another community, like a, you know, people on Facebook don't necessarily use TikTok, right? So it was just kind of like expanding my community because I feel like everyone everywhere will find love in pottery art. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's definitely possible to be an artist and be successful in, in the NFT space and, and reap benefits from it because of like the ability to, when it does resell, getting a percentage of those profits, like and having it follow you, like it's always sourced to who you are and it's not something that people can like duplicate. I think I find a lot of value in that for an artist. Thanks. And any final questions on the call-in or clubhouse side? Uh, Daniel, you just came up. Daniel asked yeah. to come up and his- Yeah, yeah. With regards to the question, I was thinking of, uh, on before now, uh, many artists get to lose their works and their uh, pay when they die. But then the blockchain finds a way of keeping it for you even after you die, just more like a generational wealth, you know. So uh, more artists tend to uh, keep their uh, past phrase to themselves. And I just want to make it known that uh, you can have it in your will, your, your phrase in your will, even when you don't make a sell, you get Even when you don't make a sell. Some artworks begin to sell after one dies. You get, uh, it gets to have more value and then the scarcity that this individual is no longer living in this world and then, uh, they see value in your artworks. And at that point, it's more like a generational wealth for you and, uh, your family, if I should say so. So, uh, your password is always important, not just to you as a person or as an artist, but then to people looking up to you. Yeah, it's very. And good that point. is a great final point to close out the room because that used to be what happened to artists. They became famous after they died. Well, they didn't all, but you know, they often became famous um, after they died. Well, I loved this discussion, and I want to thank everybody again for showing up. I learned so much from the people who show up. I hope you found it useful and helpful. Um, thank you all for participating and being civil and making this room interesting and educational and enjoyable. And I will see. Hopefully the robot didn't take over there. <laughs> well, thank you all for joining again from all platforms. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. Oh, Francine, you're back. And hope everyone's taking uh, doing well. The spring is in the air, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. Oh, yes. Uh, there you go. Yes. Um, my headphones kicked me out of the room. That is truly bizarre. Okay. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. Once again, Karma Club.
There's good karma in the universe today because of Katanji Brown Jackson. And, Yay! Uh, and Amy, for, for your record, this is our 43rd podcast, and most of our podcasts are available on Colin uh, on the Colin side, but also available on Clubhouse Super as well cool. since November 11th. So 11 and 43, and there you go, the numbers. <laughs> okay, Amy, take care. That's awesome. Thank you. Bye, Bye. guys.